Father, we thank you for this special moment, oh God. We know that without you, we can do nothing. Without you, I am nothing. I can't even speak, Lord. But I trust you, Father, to anoint my lips and grant me utterance in such a way that I'm able to communicate your heart to your people. Father, I just bring myself under the power of your spirit and I hide behind the cross. And I ask, oh God, that you speak to us in such a clear way that no one would be left in doubt that they have met with you. I thank you for hearing me, Lord, because you always do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to bring you a message this evening titled, The Cave Dwellers Are Coming. The cave dwellers are coming. The cave dwellers are not just coming, they are coming out. That's the title of this message. First Kings chapter 19 from verse 1 to 4. Can we go to the scripture as we share the word of the Lord? First Kings chapter 19, I'll be reading from verse 1 to 10. And Ahab told Jezebel all Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when, Elijah, and when he saw that, it's quite interesting that she spoke and he saw. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. And said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked in coals, baked on coals, and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down, and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. As far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so he said, I have been very, very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. 
Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains, broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, turned down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. And also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel, Mehola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Verse 18. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this reading brings to mind just the secret challenges of men and women of God that have been called into ministry and the things that go on in their private lives that the public does not see and does not know. The personal challenges of being in ministry, the forces you have to contend with, physical and spiritual, the attacks, the pressure, the disappointments, the hurts, the betrayals from the people, the loneliness, the depression, and the doubts, the questions and the unbeliefs that you deal with at some point in your life and you ask yourself, am I really called or not? Am I in the will of God or not? And let me tell you, going through that phase has nothing to do with your anointing. It has nothing to do with the power of God exhibited through your life. As we would see in the life of Elijah the prophet, a highly respectable prophet of God, one who single-handedly withstood the king and his wife, one who faced the forces of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, one who overturned the worship of Baal and idolatry in the land of Israel and brought a national repentance and revival. One who single-handedly faced the prophets of Baal and had them killed, like 850 of them on Mount Carmel. And he had such a huge experience of the presence and the power of God 
that in our day we would look at him as, oh wow, this mighty man of God. This mighty man of God that is full of power. Full of the power of God. You know, who single-handedly can withstand the forces of hell and have Satan run away from the land and restore the true worship of Jehovah God. And we see Elijah come from the Mount of Victory, Mount Carmel. We see Elijah come from the Mount of the Manifestation of the Power of God. We see Elijah come from a place of national revival, victory with evidence of the repentance of a whole nation. And we see him come from that mountaintop experience and settle right down in the valley. We were told that as soon as he came down, Jezebel got word about how mightily God had used Elijah. And Jezebel was livid and she sent word to Elijah. And she said, may I die if I don't make you like one of these, my prophets that you killed. And the Bible said she spoke the word, but Elijah saw the word. He saw himself already dead. And that's because you do not understand the power that is behind Jezebel. It's a power Jezebel hates the prophets. Jezebel is against every prophetic move of God and would do everything she can to take it out. And so she spoke the word and this prophet of God saw her word. And he took off. He saw himself already dead. And I hear people say, how can such a mighty man of God run away from a woman? You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is no ordinary woman. This is a woman that is backed up by the idols of the Philistines and empowered by the forces of darkness. And the risk here is at every point of our victory as men and women of God stands the risk of also the greatest of our attacks. And so it is important for you to understand that from the mountaintop experience, Elijah not only came down to the valley, he became lonely, he became depressed, he became depleted because everything must have gone out of him on that mountaintop experience. And so when Elijah came after him, he took off, he ran off. He ran off, he went into the wilderness and finally ended in a cave. The dwelling place of the disillusioned prophets. The dwelling place of the bruised and battered. The dwelling place of men and women who have asked themselves, 
did I really hear God? What am I doing? It's a place of loneliness. It's a place of despair. It's a place of discouragement. And when God appeared and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He could not even relate an accurate account of what had happened. He said, oh, your people, the children of Israel, what did he say? He said, your people have forsaken your altar, your covenant. They have torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. And yet the people had just repented on Mount Carmel. And they chose God. They said, the Lord, he is God. Remember? The Lord, he is God. And fire came down from heaven. There was a mighty revival. Isn't it interesting how Jezebel comes after you and we don't see her, but we see the people. We see the people that are Throwing stones and frustrating us. We're giving out all we have and, and all that we are in ministry. But all they do is throw stones at us. All they do is slander. All they do is the arrows and the barbs and the lack of encouragement and the lack of support. Elijah did not even see Jezebel. He said, the people. I'm in the cave because of the people. The pressure of the people. The challenge of keeping ministry. And going on. He said the people. And God did not even answer him. And he felt he was the only one. And that's what the enemy does, isn't it? Isolates you and then strikes. And you think you're the only one that is on fire for God and is going through hell. And God spoke to Elijah. He says, go stand on the mountain. I need to talk to you. And then go, God appeared to him again. And he says, what are you doing here? And Elijah repeated the same excuse he gave. He said, your people. The people. And that's what Jezebel is very good at. Blinding you to see her. So you can fight the brethren. And blame them for your state. And the Lord just went on and told him, okay, at this point, you need a break. You need a break from ministry. So go anoint your replacement. And let him take your place. And how many of us will do that? You have this mega ministry and God says, go anoint your replacement. And let him take over from you. If we see it as God's ministry, it'll be very easy to. If we see it as our ministry, we're going to struggle with that. Hallelujah. But Elijah went on and he obeyed God. In verse 19... He replaced, he anointed, he threw his mantle on Elisha. And that was the end we heard 
of Elijah the prophet. And you and I would conclude his ministry had come to an end. It ended in defeat, in shame, in reproach, in running away from the enemy, in hiding in a cave. But if you go to 1 Kings chapter 21, and we're going there real quick, from verse 17. It looks as if even though God anointed the replacement of Elijah, God was not done with Elijah. Because in this scripture, 1 Kings 21 verse 17, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tish by saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, of all places to go to. Can you imagine that? Last we heard of Elijah, he was running away from Jezebel. In case you don't know, Jezebel is the wife of Ahab. He hides in the cave and God meets him after a while. And guess what? God sent him right back to the very place he ran away from. And Elijah the prophet had to go back to his place of defeat and shame. He had to go back there. God sent him right back there with an assignment. And God said, go down and meet Ahab who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Nabwa where he has come down to take um, possession of it. Speak to him saying, thus says the Lord, have you murdered and also take, taken position? And you shall speak to him saying, thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs licked the blood of Nabwath, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. Ahab went back to the place where he ran away from. And he said in verse 22, Ahab said to him, have you found me, O my enemy? And he said, I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring calamity on you. I will take away your posterity and cut you off and, and cut off from Ahab every mill in Israel, both bond and free. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel sin. And concerning Jezebel. Somebody say amen. amen. I like that. That God sends me back to my place of defeat with power and his word in my mouth to execute judgment upon the forces of hell that were after me. He said, go tell Jezebel. The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dogs shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city. And the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. What is God telling us? That God is in the business of giving us victory in our places of defeat. God will never put us to shame. God will never disgrace us. 
why God understands what we go through. The pressure, the, the uncertainties, the questions and doubts and all of the things we go through. And it is okay for you to be in the cave for a season. But God is visiting every prophet that is hidden in the prophet in the cave. And he's bringing him out. Hallelujah. He's bringing him out with a mighty hand. And he is sending him right back to the place of his defeat to pronounce judgment. God is not done with us yet. Whatever you're going through, wherever you are right now, in the cave you are unheard. In the cave you are unseen. In the cave you are as good as dead. And the enemy might be celebrating like they celebrated the death of Jesus Christ when he was buried in that tomb. They said we have succeeded. We are done. We have shot him forever. His voice will not be heard. He will not be seen. The word of the Lord is not going to come out of his mouth again. But guess what? There is a third day that is coming. Hallelujah. There is a third day that is coming. The cave cannot hold back the prophets of God. Because in the fullness of time, the, the cave has to give up. And the cave dwellers are coming out with a mighty hand. And they are coming out to execute judgment on the forces of hell. Hallelujah, somebody. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God will not put us to shame. Weeping may endure for the night, but there's a joy that comes in the morning. God is not going to keep us weeping forever. And I speak today to every prophet that is hiding in shame. I speak to every prophet that is in that cave. That feels he has failed. That feels he has no voice anymore. That feels his ministry has come to an end. That feels he has nothing to offer. Hear ye the word of the Lord. God is not done with you yet. And God is calling out his prophets out of the cave. For the time to execute judgment is nigh, even now. And then we read another occasion of David. And that's where I'm going to end in 1 Samuel chapter 22. I like this version. It's, it just blesses my soul. First Samuel chapter 22, verse 1, talking about David. It says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. I don't know of any man or woman of God that has not had their cave experience at one point or the other. If you are here and you're that person, you've never had a cave experience, it's coming. <laughs> the cave has always been attractive to the disillusioned. 
to the discouraged. And so we see David also, who was prophesied and actually anointed to be king. Hey, I'm going to be king of Israel. And the next thing, he was running for his life. And there started his wilderness experience to the extent that sometimes he didn't even have food to eat. They had to go to the house of God and steal food to eat, to survive. The king of Israel, anointed, ordained by God. I wonder how many times David asked himself, did I really hear God? When he was dodging the javelins of Saul from one to the other. I wonder what he said to God. I wonder if he said to God, this wasn't what you told me. You didn't tell me anything about javelins. And here I am. I've become an artful dodger of javelins. <laughs> he didn't talk about the kind of people that will hang around. Hey, a king. What do you expect of a king? Royalty and royal members of the court, right? What did David have? The rejects of the society were the members of his royal court, the discontented, the, dis the indebted, the distressed, were just drawn to him like a magnet. <laughs> and everything that happened to him was opposite to what God had said until he had to run for his life. He found himself in a cave. And the Bible says when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over there. And there were about 400. How would you feed them? Then David went from there to Mizpah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and mother come here with you till I know what God will do for me. And he brought them before the king of Moab and they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. All right, so jump to 1 Samuel chapter 24. You know, of course, that David was running away from Saul. But look at what happened in 1 Samuel 24 verse 3. Let me start from verse 1. It happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistine that it was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 men from all Israel and went to seek David and all his men on the rocks of the wild goods. So he came to the sheep folds by the road where there was a cave. And David went in to attend to his needs. Sorry, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. What an interesting picture. The cave has the old prophet and the new prophet. One cave. One cave with David in the recesses, in the inner part of the cave, where he was hiding from his enemy. And there comes his enemy at the door of the cave to ease himself, not knowing that David was inside. What would you do if it was you? This is the man that messed up my life. This is the man that made me doubt the call of God on my life. This is the man that turned me into a fugitive. 
that my home became the wilderness. I don't have a sleeping place. I don't have food to eat. This is um, the man that is stopping the manifestation of the fulfillment of the prophecy of God over my life. This is the man that tried to kill me severally and God delivered me. And here I am in the cave of Adullam and I'm in the inner recesses of the cave with my men. And here comes my enemy. This same man that messed up my life and my ministry. And he comes there to ease himself. And God watched David to see what he would do. Every cave experience is a test for us. To see whether vengeance is ours. Whether we will avenge all the evil and the harm done us. And David's men said, you don't even have to do it. It's a done deal. Let's do it. We will go and finish him. And he stopped them. The cave of Adullam is an interesting cave. What would you do when God hands your enemy into your hands? The man who messed up your ministry. The woman who messed up your ministry. Who made you doubt the call of God for your life. Who reduced you to nothing. A whole king became a vagabond. Running from one forest to the other, one town to the other, one city to the other. Like a thief, like a murderer. Judged and cast out of the society. And God delivers the man responsible for all that into the very cave where you are hiding. It's a question for all of us. Because when we're down and out and we're hurting and we're wounded and we're betrayed by all and our lives are on the line and we're questioning, does God have something still for me or not? God will make sure we come face to face with the people that caused our predicament. Just as Joseph went from the pit to the prison and ended up in the king's palace and his brothers who wanted him dead appeared before him. They did not know who he was. He knew who they were. What would you do? From the scriptures, we see that David passed that test. And because he passed that test, he became worthy to become the king of Israel. Because vengeance is the Lord's. And in spite of everything that Saul did, Saul had to open his mouth and say, you are more righteous than I am. Because Saul could not have spared him if he had the opportunity. And how else would David be different from Saul if he had taken the law into his own hands. Jesus allowed himself to be buried in a cave. 
not only buried, but they sealed a stone at the tomb to ensure he does not ever come out again. An angel appeared, just as, an, just as the Lord appeared to Elijah, an angel appeared and rolled the stone away. And no cave could keep back a man of destiny. No cave can keep a woman of destiny. You may be there for a season, but God is not true with you yet. And when God returned to Elijah, God sent him back to the place of his defeat. And Elijah executed the judgment of God. And when Jezebel died, the Bible recorded it was Jehu that commanded her to be thrown down. But the Bible recorded that she died according to the word of the Lord, which the prophet of God, Elijah, had spoken. I want to encourage every hidden prophet today that the stone is being rolled away and God is saying, I'm bringing you out. I'm taking you back to the very place where you suffered shame and defeat and I'm giving you victory. If death could not hold Jesus back, if death is defeated in that tomb and that cave, because Jesus rose, I know every prophet that is hiding in the cave will rise again. Amen. He will rise again. He will come out again and he will fulfill ministry to the praise and the glory of God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. Be encouraged. And that's why I plead with you, church, Encourage your prophets in the house. Amen. Support them with your prayer. Yes. Because you don't know the forces that they are contending with. Amen. There are times in their lives they feel like giving up, throwing in the towel, hiding. Feeling that they are failures. But I just want to say that God is not done with us yet. Amen. And in due season, he will bring us out. And our ministry will be greater than it was before. Amen. Because God is not done with every cave dweller. He still has the finishing grace. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your spirit, oh God. Lord, I lift up everyone that is standing at this altar before your throne of grace and mercy. So many have been wounded, others have been betrayed, others have hurt and questioned you about the reason why they're even alive. Father, I pray, oh God, for the grace to forgive, the grace to forgive and to release everyone that has hurt them. Lord, that there be no root of bitterness in our hearts, oh God. But as they forgive and as they release, oh God, pour out your oil of healing 
there's still an, a balm of Gilead, oh God. And I ask that this oil be poured upon every wound. And let there be healing right now, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Heal every wound, heal every hurt, heal every disappointment, oh God. And Father, I pray you will give us the grace to trust you. To trust you with our lives, to lay down our lives for the cause and for the people you have sent us to in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the grace to die to self, oh God. To die to our rights, to our rights of justice. Give us the grace to die to, die to those rights in the name of Jesus. Lord, we leave everything into your hands, oh God. We leave the souls that are chasing us with javelins, Father. Our hands will not be lifted against them, oh God. But you know what to do, Father. We just ask that you keep our hearts pure before you, Lord. That we will not sin against you and against ourselves, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I know how you brought me out from my own cave. And how you just healed me and wrapped your arms around me and comforted me. And you said I should strengthen those with the strength I've received from you. Lord, I ask for a grace to be released upon your people right now in the name of Jesus. I ask for the strength of God to be their portion right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I strengthen them with the grace I have received from you in the name of Jesus. And I pray, oh God, that even this one, they will overcome, oh God. And they will come out victorious in the name of Jesus. Lord, as they die to serve, oh God, they will rise in power and in glory in you, oh God. Oh, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Lord, that you will begin to live in each and every one of us, oh God. And that no man will see us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for grace to pass every test that comes across our way, Lord. The test that will prove that we, have, we are dead to our rights in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wrap your arms around them, oh Holy Spirit. And let them know that they have a future and a hope. That the thoughts towards them that you have are thoughts of good, not evil. To give them a future and a hope. Thank you, Father, for listening to us and hearing us as we pray. You will do exceedingly abundantly above what we have asked in Jesus' name. Amen.